0: All right, well, let's study the scriptures, everybody. Most of you know that we are full on in Christmas time, and one thing that I love so much about Christmas time is the music. I love Christmas music. I just I, I play it all day long during the Christmas season. And actually, this year I played it a lot earlier than I did most years because 2020, I just needed more smiles. But if you really dig into those Christmas songs, you kind of realize they're not always what you thought they were. Have you noticed this? We've talked about this a little bit, but, but you, take the, you take the Rudolph, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, take that song. It's a great song, we all grew up singing it as kids, but, but if you really peel back the layers, this is a rough song, because this is a song about bullying, essentially. Like, that's what it is, it's about bullying. This, this guy, Rudolph, he's essentially got a wild birth defect, and so all of the reindeer hate him. They won't even let him play any of the reindeer games. And if you've seen the Rankin-Bass Christmas classic, you know that even Santa Claus Santa Claus, treats him this way. It's horrible. And, and then of course it changes when they realize, oh, he has something that they need. So now they want to be friends with him. It's terrible. And don't get me started on Baby, It's Cold Outside, everybody. I don't even wanna mention it this year because in 2020, I'm afraid that I'll get canceled for even bringing up Baby, It's Cold Outside. All I'm saying is I'm teaching my girls that if he's saying, hey, baby, it's cold outside, it's time to run, get out of the house, go away. If you gotta say what's in this drink, you just need to leave immediately, get out of the house. And then there's that old classic, I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. It's cute and it's fun, but this kid's traumatized. Like this kid thinks that for Christmas, he's getting his parents to break up. Like that's what's gonna happen in this kid's life. For his Christmas, he's going to get therapy in his stocking. Like all of these songs, they're insane if you really peel it back. And then I think about Mary, Did You Know? I love that song. And the whole songs about Mary, did you know that Jesus would do this and he would do that? Well, the answer is yes, stop asking me. She knew. Like there was an angel, there was a holy God encounter, there was a whole thing. So she knew what was going to happen. And actually, that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about that story Mary and Joseph and the birth of Jesus. Let me ask you a quick question Are you a natural planner? Maybe you would know it by this. Like a bunch of you, you've probably already got your Christmas shopping done. When did you do your Christmas shopping? Some of you, you've been finished for like months, you've had it done. Others of you, you haven't even, like, you're not there yet. And if you haven't done it, listen, let me, what are you doing here? Like, stop. Just get up, just turn this off, and just go get your Christmas shopping done because your family and friends, they need you, all right? You're in trouble. But whether you're a planner or not, we've all experienced where life just takes a different turn than we thought it would. When that happens, you know, it can be really, oftentimes, deeply unsettling for us. I mean, we've all experienced that this year, haven't we? I'm pretty sure that none of us planned for a global pandemic in 2020. Life has taken a turn and it's done over and over and over again this year. Lost jobs and lost paychecks, trouble with families and friendships, uh, divide over politics, the racial divide in our country. So many difficult twists and turns over and over again. And actually, you know what? It's not just the pandemic. Like I know that many of you You're facing something that you didn't plan right now, and it's painful how many people are hunting for jobs right now in this season. They didn't plan on it. Others of you, you're having a medical battle at this point in your life, and you didn't think that you would. You didn't plan on being separated during this season of your life. It's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year, and instead, it's the worst. Like, this is not what I thought was going to happen. Some of you, you, you have an empty table at your, at your an empty, empty chair at your table this year. Like you thought somebody would be there with you for Christmas. And the truth is they're not. You have a, you got a wayward kid. Maybe you had a nasty breakup or, or, or maybe you've lost somebody to COVID. Like, th- like this, this is not what you had planned for this year. Whenever we face things that we didn't plan, it's so jarring, and it's upsetting, and, and actually it can even rattle your faith, and you wonder, okay, God, what, what is the deal? Like, Where are you? Why are you allowing this to happen? This is not what we had planned, God. What's going on? So today we're going to look at some verses in Matthew chapter 1, and we want to take a look at Mary and Joseph, the parents of Jesus on the earth. Now, if you're not really familiar with the Bible, we're really glad you're here, by the way, and you might want to read more of this story. You can check out Matthew chapter one and Luke chapters one and two for more of this story. But if you think about it, we only know a little bit of this story, don't we? There's so many things that happened that we just don't know about. So I want us to imagine some of the details in Mary and Joseph's story that we don't have access to. Like it's not written down, but we think it probably happened this way. It's not recorded in the Gospels, but they met somehow. Like, how did Mary and Joseph actually meet? And I want you to use your imagination with me today. Like, like it's, this is not exactly what happened, but something like this did happen. So maybe it's, it's Wednesday night. Mary's headed over to the synagogue for, for youth group. You know, she's a teenage girl, and that's what she does on Wednesday night because she loves God. And there's a, there's a youth leader there, new guy. His name's Joe. And Joe is awesome. Joe is charismatic and he's passionate and he's teaching from the book of Isaiah and he's talking about the Messiah that's coming. So Mary and her friends, you know, they're, they're trying to focus on God. They're, they're trying to lean in and listen, but, but the reality is Joe is really cute. And so they can't quite focus and, and he's like so into it. And Mary's like, oh, Joe is amazing. I wonder what he's really like. Well, the teaching is over and they're all kind of hanging out afterwards. Joe walks over to Mary and her friends and you know they're kind of giggling and they're whispering to each other and Mary starts thinking to her friends, I wonder, I wonder if he might be interested. But no, come on, I mean, I'm a little younger, he, he's a little older and so she starts doing some research and finding out stuff about him. It turns out he's got a job. Like Joe makes furniture, which is actually pretty incredible because the last guy she liked, he was unemployed, lived with his parents and played PS5 all day long. Like this guy was a loser. So, so she starts wondering, could he be interested in me? Probably not, but he is interested. And actually, he's been praying about it. And So finally, he gets up the nerve, and he is going to ask Mary out. So he puts on a couple extra squirts of cologne, you know, his, his spike nard for men. <laughs> I don't know what it is. And he, and he asks her out for coffee. Like, okay, is this like a, like a friend coffee, or is this like a, like a something else coffee? And she knows when he pays the bill that this is like a something else kind of a coffee. And they meet up at the, the Nazareth Bean Company because, you know, buy local and, and they hit it off. They're just talking freely and enjoying one another's company and they keep hanging out and eventually they go and meet the parents and they start spending even more time together and it's going really well. And suddenly, every love song by their favorite band, the Strolling Minstrels, every, every love song starts to make sense. Like, this is happening. He carves her a wooden teddy bear and now she knows he's into her. Like, this is it. He's saving up his furniture money. He goes out and he buys a massive rock and he takes her out on a walk and the sun is setting and they, they hit a bridge and she's thinking, could this be it? Is this it? Next thing you know, Joseph's got a sketch artist and he jumps out of the bushes and he starts sketching the moment, you know, for the gram. And he's down on one knee and he says, will you marry me, Mary? And she acts surprised, but she screams, yes, I will. And they go tell the parents and they start planning the wedding and Mary's mom is a control freak and everybody's mad and it's the craziest thing. It's wonderful. Can I you see it happening? I just want you to imagine it with me. It's totally not this, okay? Don't email me. It's totally not this, I know that. But something like this happened. And, and so then, like all of us, they start planning for their future. They're young and in love, and, and they're head over heels for each other, and they're beginning their life. Now, we don't know all of their plans, but what we do know is that they decided to wait before being intimate with each other until they got married. So, I'm totally reading into it, and, you know, I, they're probably planning on building their first home. You know, Joe's taking FPU so that they won't be in debt, but Mary, maybe Mary, she, she wants to stay at home with the kids, you know, that's kind of what she's thinking, and, They're going to have a boy first and then a girl and they're going to name their boy little Meshach and then they have a a girl and they're going to name her Abishag and Mary and Joseph, they're making plans. They can see their future far out ahead of them. And then one day, Mary's off by herself and an angel appears to her and she has the most holy encounter with God that she's ever had in her life. She loves God, she can't believe this. And the angel says, hey Mary, you're chosen, you're gonna give birth to a son. And she's like, uh, okay, but you know, Joe and I aren't married yet, and we're not, you know. And so the angel says, no, Mary, this child will be conceived by the Holy Spirit. And you can imagine it at first. Like, she, she loves God, she's in love with Joseph, she's getting married and God chose her to be a part of the history. Like God chose us for this task. And she's thinking, I can't wait to tell Joseph. He's going to be so excited. (laughs) Let's just take a quick vote. Is Joseph excited or is Joseph freaking out? Yes, Joseph is freaking out. Why? Because he's just a regular guy pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Okay. Yeah. All right. Who is this guy? I'm going to kill him. Like, who is he? Where does he live? These are real people in the story. Like, this actually happened to them. Go with me. We don't know how it all came about, but what we do know is that between verse 18 and 19, everything kind of hits the fan. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found out to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Mary tells him, hey, I I, I got pregnant, but, but it was through the Holy Spirit. And we don't know how he responds we just know that he gets really hurt and really upset and the results are in verse 19 because joseph her husband was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace he had in mind to divorce her quietly so the guy he's messed up man he's he's crushed he's he's devastated he's he's humiliated and heartbroken like he's already put down the deposit on the little garden chapel now he's got to go tell his mom and his friends. He's got to tell them what's happened. He's going to be publicly humiliated, but even worse. He loved her. He trusted her. And he believed that God put them together. He was he was saving himself for her, and now this. So she she cheated. So he's like he's like half mad and he's like half heartbroken. He can't even believe it. Now you might be saying, "Why was he planning to divorce her if they weren't married?" And 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 the answer is, well, in this point in history, if you're engaged, the only way out of it really was through a divorce. And culturally for them, divorce, it was way more serious and frowned upon than even now. So if you're divorced, you kind of get pushed out of society. And Joseph's thinking, man, I'm just trying to serve God and now I'm going to be divorced. And, but also I want you to think about Mary's perspective for a second. When the angel appears to her, this is Mary's response. Matthew 1 verse 38. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Now, if this was today, what she's saying is, look, I love God. I'll do anything you want me to do, God. You to choose me, yes, I will do what you want me to do. But now, well, her life is pretty much over. So she's pregnant, she's not gonna have a husband, she's, she's gonna be a divorced single mom in a culture where she can't even get a job to take care of her and the kid. She'll probably be begging for the rest of her life, you know, trying to raise this child, and, and oh, oh, the rumors. The rumors everywhere. Oh, poor Mary. Did you hear? Did you hear about Mary? Yeah. it's Oh, it's terrible. Joseph hates her. They're done. Pregnant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pregnant. Now, now, some mystery man. Nobody knows. Her life is over. Mary's saying, God, I, I only, I just tried to do what you asked, but that's all I was doing. I wanted to do what you asked. This is not fair. God, this is not what I had planned. This is not what I thought you were doing. And this right here is exactly where many of you are right now. God, this is not what I had planned. You were financially getting ahead. You you were going to have a great Christmas for you and your family this year. And then the car broke down. Hundreds of dollars out the window. God, it's not what I had planned. You poured your life into your kids and now they're off and they're making bad decisions and you're going, no, what, what are you doing with your life? What is happening? This is not what I had planned. You took a job and you did it for the family and you you knew it would be a better job. It would be a chance to move up in the company. Like, I could make a difference here. But the economy turned and the company downsized. You were the last one in, so you're the first one out. And now you're thinking, God, oh, this is not what I had planned in this season. And so many of you, you thought you were going to live happily ever after. And now you're at a point where happily, it's long since gone and ever, ever after it's gone too. And you're just thinking, this is not, what I thought was going to happen. God, where are you? And the list can go on and on and on, frankly. I mean, I didn't plan on fighting depression right now. I didn't plan on battling this anxiety. I didn't plan on having a bout with cancer in this season. I didn't think I was going to lose my scholarship. I didn't didn't plan on losing my best friend. God, where are you? This is not what we planned. Today, this message is actually really simple, everybody. Honestly, it's just one point. If you've had a change of plans in your life and you just don't understand, I just want you to know, you don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. You don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. I want you to feel this in your heart. I want you to believe it. You don't have to understand the plan to trust God has a purpose. Proverbs nineteen twenty one says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Many are the plans in a person's heart. We all have a lot of stuff that we're doing that we we think should happen or it shouldn't happen. We want this to happen. But what we can trust is that as we follow Jesus, his purposes are gonna prevail in our lives. You don't have to understand the plan. He's got a purpose. Like Mary and Joseph's plans were destroyed. They're completely wrecked. They're shattered. Joseph is like, man, I got no choice. I, I gotta divorce this woman. And as he's making that, that really difficult decision we read in Matthew 120 but after he had considered this an angel of the lord appeared to him in a dream and said joseph son of david do not be afraid to take mary home as your wife because who is conceived in her is from the holy spirit and joe's like wait 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 wait, wait. everything she said is true so like the angel in the dream says yeah and 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 so 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 yeah God, god's actually in on this and then actually the angel lets joe in on god's purpose in Matthew one twenty one, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And you can almost see it, can't you? Joseph's like, wait a minute, God, you, you're actually doing this. Like you're saying the last thing that I ever wanted, that's exactly what God had planned? You mean, you mean there's, there's a purpose here in the middle of my pain? Like, like God sees me, he knows what I'm going through and he's right here with me in the middle of it? And you can almost hear God whispering to Joseph, Joseph, my ways aren't like your ways. They're so much higher than your ways. And even though you don't think I'm working, I promise you I am. And in all things, I'm working to bring about good to those that love me. You know, sometimes God may even redirect our plans when he has a different purpose. You don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. And if you look through your life, you can probably see it, where something that went so horribly south, and then you look back and realize, oh, actually, so much good came out of it. And you look back and say, I would never choose that. I would never want to do that again, but I can see it. I can see how God used it. You don't have to understand the plan. This would have been so true of Mary and Joseph, wouldn't it? Okay, so, so well, I'm, I'm glad we figured all that out. I'm glad. So everything's going to be all good from here, right? Well... Mary's pregnant with the Son of God, and if I'm Joseph, I'm thinking, sweet, this is going to be easy. Like, this is all for God, so we got connections. I'm talking about heavenly epidural. I'm talking about, like, no pain. I'm talking about the best health care ever. She'll probably sneeze. Baby pops out. We got a little Messiah. Praise God. It's great. No, actually not at all. Instead, she's in labor and traveling on the back of a donkey. A donkey, like Joseph is a dead man. Joseph is like running through every red light with this donkey trying to get her where she needs to go. They get out of town and it gets even worse because Joe didn't make a reservation. Mary's like, Joe, you idiot. There's no hotels left. And so where does she give birth? Ladies, right there in your favorite place, in a cave with farm animals. There's Mary giving birth to the son of God. No epidural, no doctor no sanitized tools. Oh, but hey, there's a cow over in the corner. And eventually she has that baby. Oh, but but wait, guess what? King Herod actually wants to kill your son. Like the ruler of their world wants to kill their son. Put yourself in their shoes. They got to be thinking, Gotta I said yes, and now we're on the run. We're headed to Egypt, hiding out in houses. What is this? Yeah, okay, but it turns out good for them in the end, right? I mean, Jesus grows up, you fast forward 33 years, and then Well, the mom who said yes, may it be done to me according to your word. She's now standing there and she's looking at her son and he's stripped down naked and he's hanging on a cross, supported only by spikes in his wrists and in his feet. And he has to lift himself up on those spikes just to get a breath. And he's been beaten, whipped so bad, it's likely that he has vital organs that are exposed and and a crown of thorns placed on his head. His face is bruised and bloodied. He, he doesn't even look like a human being. And it's not recorded, but can you imagine what Mary is thinking right now? God, this isn't fair. He, he didn't do anything wrong. In fact, he, he did everything right. Like, make it stop. God, no, no mom should ever have to see this. And what about Jesus? I mean, they're spitting on him. They're mocking him. Hail, the king of the Jews, you saved yourself. Now, you saved others, now save yourself. And Jesus looks to heaven and says, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And Jesus, righteous in every way, he declares through the agony, it is finished. And boom, the earth goes dark. Everything shakes. And it's not recorded in scripture, but I bet you this is what happened. I bet that Mary's legs buckled under the weight of her grief and she fell to the ground sobbing, no, no, my baby. Like just put yourself there in that moment. Real people, real agony. This is not what we had planned. See, Mary and Joseph, they had a plan, but God had a purpose. What was that purpose? I can tell you what that purpose was. God's purpose, it was you. You've heard it said, Jesus is the reason for the season. <laughs> I like that idea. But if you ask God what the reason for the season was in his heart, he would say it was you. You are the reason for this season. You were the reason that Jesus came. John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Man had a plan of how the Messiah would come and what he would do, but God had a purpose that he would leave his position in heaven, that he would be wrapped in human flesh, born of a virgin. And why did a virgin matter? Well, it's because Jesus didn't inherit the sin nature from his father. Jesus, he carried the divine nature of his heavenly father. So he's perfect in every way, never sinning and dying on the cross for you and for me. You were the purpose. Mary and Joseph had a plan, but God had a purpose. And it was right there in verse 21. You are that purpose because it said, Jesus will save his people from their sins. So now if you've had a change of plans, and I know that you have this year, I know it. And maybe things right now that are really difficult. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you for a second, not for a second, that your pain isn't real. Sometimes it just hurts. And you're wondering, God, what, what is going on? Because of the goodness of God. Listen, because of the goodness of God, because of the sovereignty of God, because of who he is, you don't have to understand the plan to believe that God has a purpose. Remember, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Please understand, Mary and Joseph, they're people just like you and just like me. They had a plan, they had good plans, but thank God he had a purpose that was above those plans and his purpose was you and me. The truth is, all of us, we got our plans changed over this season, over and over again. But if you just stop and look around for a minute, if you'd stop and pay attention to what's really happening in your life, you might start to see that God has had purposes. I, I can think of lots of examples through the pandemic. Yes, our plans changed this year, but what was God actually doing? Like we have slower schedules now. We're, we're less hurried in our life. And a lot of us are a lot healthier with our time. And that's a good thing. We have extended time with family and friends and we, we've, we've built stronger relationships with our children. We've, we've built stronger relationships with friends and other people in our lives. In the church world, because churches went online, the gospel has gone out and more people are hearing the gospel in this season. Like it's incredible. Most churches that I'm looking towards, they're, they're all talking about the kingdom of God and how we can live and operate in that kingdom as opposed to things that we were talking about previously. It's like we have a new focus. If you look around, it seems that through this this pandemic, the the days of consumer Christianity are coming to an end and people are saying yes to Jesus and following him. We're seeing a a true focus of being a, a disciple, a real follower of Jesus right now. People everywhere talking about really living the Jesus way in a way that I haven't seen previously for the past couple decades. You don't have to understand the plan, everybody, to trust that God has a purpose right there where you are, I wonder if you take a second and if you would pray with me about this. Because I know that a bunch of you have experienced a lot of hardship, a lot of trouble, a lot of pain, but I'm just telling you today, God still has a purpose for you. Will you take a second and will you pray with me? And will you take that thing, whatever it is, the, the heartache, the trouble, whatever it's been, just take it in your heart, hold it in your hands, hold it in your mind, and let's ask him, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're still working and you're still moving and that you have a purpose for every single one of us. God, today we, we surrender. We surrender our plans. We surrender our agendas. We surrender all the things that we feel like we have to get done or we have to do or we have to have in order to be happy or ever to, to make this happen or to make my family right. God, we surrender all of our plans to you we'll make some plans together, we'll, we'll think, we'll, we'll, we'll pray, but, but God, what we want more than anything is we want for your purpose to prevail. So where there's been pain and heartache and trouble, we ask for your healing. We ask for your life to come and to, to fill up those broken and empty places and allow your purposes to be done in us. I pray that for every individual. I pray that for every family. I pray that for every friendship. I pray that for our church, for churches all over this world, that we would surrender to your purpose and we give you glory and honor and praise that you still have one and we say yes to it. We thank you for this in Jesus' name.